0: From the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to The Good Atheist Podcast. My name is Jacob 14. I'm T-Bad. Now, you may have noticed... For some of you long-time listeners, that my name sounds weird. I've never pronounced it in that way, but I have given up, folks. It's over. I am no longer Jacob Fortin because while that is the pronunciation that you say when, if you know a little bit of French, every fucking American on this planet calls me Jacob Fourteen, and I think that that is something that I've been fighting for way too long. You just go with it. How do you pronounce that last syllable? Teen. No, no, the, the proper way. Oh, tang. And how do you spell that? T-I-N. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See, when, if, if you were to say to a person, though, it's Tain. I don't think that anybody knows how to actually, what those words are made out of. Uh, is there any word that in common pronunciation that sounds like that syllable that I could go with? Tain. Tain. I don't know if that word exists in English. Tain. And I am so sick and tired Of trying to convince people that, you know, my name is is something they can't pronounce. So, fuck it. I'm now going by Jacob14. But it's a good way to relaunch your whole shit. So, last podcast I announced, as loudly as I could, I had my guest Johnny Scaramagga on to say, I'm back. But I need a gimmick. Because even when you say, I'm back, man, nobody gives a shit until you have a gimmick. That's what I'm saying. Where's the gimmick? The gimmick is the Jacob14. And I, I am going – I am purchasing Jacob14.com, which is a place that you can now check out my fan page because my name, which you can all spell, the number one and four, is going to be a real easy way to get into your brain. So if I constantly say I'm Jacob14 and you associate that with Jacob and then the number 14, which is now in your head when you close your eyes, oh, I got bam, it. it's in I got your it. head. Take uh, the periodic table kind of symbol – for carbon-14 and put a J in there? That's your new fight. Oh, God. That's great. I like that. I was actually thinking That's too like... That's bad science. Sweet. I'm a radioactive element, man. So we... Take a 14. Yeah, man. And they use me for carbon dating. Mm-hmm. I'm good for 60,000 years. After that, though, I'm not reliable. Not reliable. At all. So I have a... Uh, you know, I'll be around for 60,000 years. That's my pledge to you. 60,000 years and I get old. 60,000 year promise. Jacob <laughs> 14 and it's I like the way that you're thinking. So I'm going to make a little periodic table thing as my new logo too because everybody needs a new logo. You know, if you want to be an internet sensation, you can't just be a person. You got to be a logo these days. Yeah, and if you have, you know, a, a great uh, embarrassment in your career or uh, or whatever, you know, what the sex scandal probably. Sex scandal. Sex scandal. Teddy bear. It's always brings you down. Rebrand it. Rebrand it. I'll be Jacob 15 at that point. Jacob 15. Pick new numbers. Nothing like Jacob 14. <laughs> Nothing like him. No association at all. That was a completely different corporation. And, you know, but uh, until I'm a corporation or some weird entity, I'll, I shall be Jacob 14, and I shall identify to all of my American audiences as that. Because, again, I've given up on the other thing, and you can get, you guys can just call me that, and I'm not going to correct you no more. I'm not trying to do the Stephen Colbert thing. I can't, I'm not the, the size of him. I can't make you... Say my name in the French way. So I'm just going to give up. And I'm now a call in the way you say my Jacob name. Jacob XIV, Right. And because I can't write it in the French style either. Because you won't even understand how to write that. So from now on, just write the number 14. And it's so close to my name anyways, I'm just going to try to own it. You know? Like, here's what's going to happen. If I ever get famous or rich, you're going to count. You're going to have me in the number system. It's going to be like... 10 11 12 13 Jacob 14 15. You just have to say the Jacob right in front. If you could get, you know, one of those virtual phone numbers yeah. spelled out Jacob 14. Ooh, wow, that's that'd pretty be badass. that's the perfect number of uh, fuck. There's so hundreds. many possibilities with this. I haven't even really considered all the possibilities of Jacob 14. Jacob 14 promise rings. 14-year-olds have to give them to each other. <laughs> We're not going on that angle though. No association with 14-year-olds. With 14-year-olds whatsoever. No. no uh no. <clears throat> none of please, that. No, please, no. Please, for the love of God, no. <laughs> it's, it's 14 because that is the closest way that you can write or understand my name. So that's fun. Now we know that. Oh. That's a fun little thing. You sell 14-inch uh, rulers at your shows. <laughs> <laughs> right, because 12 is a bit too short, you know. Wouldn't you you prefer a 14-inch? How about a full Jacob 14? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a cubit. You know, 14 inches is a Jacob cubit. Mm -hmm. That's how we'll identify it. So it's just about branding. Branding. I'm branding myself on rulers, and we've got a great marketing plan so far, folks. Stay tuned for Jacob rulers. Not a thing. thing. Jacob14.com, though, a real thing. I'm not actually making this up. I'm really going to go by that name because I actually think... And this may be stupid, I might be wrong, but yeah. you, you, I'm grasping at straws here. I think a real problem is the fact that I, people are having a, in the media, I mean, a real problem identifying me and my whole thing. And partly, the name. It's not uncommon. Look, do you think... You, do you your name is a bit much, honestly, Do you think that Topher much. Grace was really called Topher Grace? His name was Christopher Grace, but that was boring. So they're like, hey, ditch the Chris. And you have Topher. Yeah. Ving Ramesh? It's Irving. But they're like drop the I man or the IR sweet nickname. Isn't it though? Why not Jake fourteen then? Why why the full Jacob? Oh. It's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Jake 14? Well Jacob fourteen, it has a nice nice cadence to it. Yeah. Yeah. Da da da. da. Jacob fourteen. My friends call me Jake. But my fans call me Jake 14. Oh, hi, Jake. I said my friends call me Jake. Easy now. Easy. Whoa. Do we know each other? I don't know. I haven't, I, it's not really fully fleshed out. It's just in the fact that I was just trying to rebrand myself. Nothing wrong with that, man. Go Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. And why can't my last name be a number? Is that illegal? Like, That's if I question. really have some money... I would go ahead and change I think it. you'd have to spell it out in fancy cursive for it, be, for it to be your legal last name. <laughs> Write a fancy cursive <laughs> number. All right, thanks for the... I don't know, no, no, like F O U R. No, I'm not going to... No, I, I don't want it to be 14 it's spelled like that. I <laughs> want it to be like kind of like Pen and Teller, where my last name would be the number 14. What's wrong with that having it as a last name? Wouldn't you want your last name to be a fucking number? That'd be cool. I mean, I know everybody's like, I am not a number. Fuck it, I am. I am a number. I'm Mr. 14. And you know which one? 14. <laughs> and Plus, I want to sign Mr. 1-4. This is cool, man. I want to be Mr. 14. <sighs> that's, so that's now wild. you see why I'm going with this 14 thing. That's wild. I'm embracing it, taking it to new levels. So that's that's kind of the big announcement of the show. Also that, and you got to get your ass over to patreon.com slash thegoodatheist and support the campaign. Right now there's eight people. That is not an acceptable number. I, I know I have more than eight fans. That want to we need to show. get up to at least 14. At least 14? At 14. least 14. Come on now. <laughs> Bring it up to 14. We're yeah. going with a motif here. Yeah. There are at least 14 fans of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe double that. We have six to go. So I need everybody listening to sign up. <laughs> everybody, All man. six of you. Get off your couches and get ready. We have a very special show planned because here's the deal. Tom, or I'm sorry, T-Bad, as he's known, because you got to do your own marketing thing. Yeah, T-Bad, T-Bad, (laughs) fifteen. No, no, don't try to steal my number thing. Oh, that's my old thing. So T-Bad here is actually uh, a kind of a science nerd, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Usually, when I have an idea about something, I cross-check it with him because he knows his shit rather than me not knowing my shit but being very imaginative you know that that's a skill right being imaginative yeah, yeah 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 hey i'm the guy with the ideas all right well, you know what someone needs to generate all those crazy ideas for the scientist yeah science. you know what you know too much you're you're uh, materialist you know bound by the confines of your knowledge bitch i am freed by my ignorance <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine anything you can't. You have no imagination because you you know too much. And you can only imagine things. I can unweave the rainbow with my stupidity. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah, because T-Bad... T-Bad! For we're we're going to have to make you a, a, a song thing because if you, ever, if you say 15 at the end of that, every time I say it, I swear to God, it will punch <laughs> you in the dick. That's what's going to fucking happen. I'm not afraid. No one can see me do it. Not liable. Not liable. Okay. So because T-Bad is on the show... We're going to be covering some kind of fun, sciencey y stuff. Uh, one of them being uh, time travel, more importantly. So we're going to be talking about time travel movies and what we think they kind of get wrong or... Yeah, this right is science or, light. This is entertainment this is, yeah, science. Yeah, this is scientainment. Scientainment. Scientainment here. Uh, we're not going... Uh, I don't know if we're going to teach you anything. Maybe, maybe the more ignorant ones. We're, we're going to help you something. unlearn everything you know. Yeah. And you can build yourself back up. You can unweave your own rainbow in your own mind. You can build yourself back and up. And then we're also going to be just closing up, We're you know, bringing the denouement, if you will, to talking about space travel and some of its relative setbacks. But uh, I don't know if our denouement will be a bit of a bummer. But let's start off with our main topic, which is time travel. And uh, time travel is one of those tricky subjects when you're trying to write a movie about it because number one you're you confined to two hours so that's gonna really limit what you can deal with in a time travel movie. Right. right? That's the that's the first limitation. You're like I got, I got two hours max. You can go anywhere. Anywhere but you need two hours to cover the any movie. when Anywhere. But you got two hours. You got two hours. Right. And So make it snappy. And it's gotta involve people because all movies are people centric. Uh, so I know, because you, you were just discussing, hey, we could make a time travel. Why not expand the horizons of mankind? I'm like, that doesn't make a really fun movie, does it? Maybe yeah. Theologist so, of time. So, so, have you noticed that most time travel movies involve someone who, you know, is forced to travel through time or uh, invents some time travel Or does machine, it accidentally. Does it accidentally. And the first thing they go visit is themselves. Right. Like... A few years. Okay, in the but that makes sense from the person' past. perspective because yeah, we're, we're the most interesting people to us. But you can travel anywhere and anywhere, and you go yeah. visit your own mundane. Okay, life. fucking Mister Gene. You don't want to see a dinosaur. You'd rather see your oh that mistake you made in high school. No, come on. Okay, come a couple on. Of reasons why I don't want to go see a dinosaur, and uh, this deals with the space travel issues about going to Mars. The methane concentration of the oxygen is a bit too high will kill you after uh, even a small amount of Dude, exposure. Dude, you just made a time machine. You can bring a rebreather if you want. Uh, That's cool. That's uh, allowed. Okay, so we got the rebreather thing figured so out. So you're telling right me now. if you had a time machine right yeah. here right now, now. I don't know what viruses it got going on or what list might poke me. Dinosaurs are just an example. I'm going to keep it safe. But you would go visit your own mundane life? I mean, come on. Well, if you can go see the, uh, you know, the first... You know, caveman to invent fire, or you go into the future and you see things that will blow your mind. Instead, oh, I'm going to go fix my little personal drama. I, I've got this crazy military grade uh, earth changing okay. technology. But here's I want to pro- go visit. Oh, I got to go see my. Do you want to know why you go visit yourself? Though, apologize yeah. to yeah. for because here's here's the, here's the here's the reason why you go visit yourself because. In scenario one, where you go to dinosaur land and see all the amazing things that you're going to see or whatever, all of that, okay, is going to be a little memory for you, and that's going to be real fine and great. But how is it different from you taking a fucking vacation anywhere and having a couple seashells? It's not like that. you're a dinosaur tourist. But if you go, hold on, but if you go and you try to influence... Yourself, you have a unique opportunity here. All right, okay, number Tony one, number one, let's, let, on. and it's going to tie into the first movie that shows what the real potential of time travel is, which is Back to the Future, which is to basically make yourself richer, to improve your family <laughs> yeah, life yeah. in some way, and to undo cosmic wrongs uh, through a, a jazzy adventure that you have between a young man in high school and a far older man whose relationship with the younger man is never really fully explained. It can't be. Like, could we go to detail about Doc Brown and Marty McFly? What, <laughs> Listen, what, what is that? They're, they're, they're pals. It's personal. Yeah. What happens in they the were doing some, There was definitely some science. That, okay, so we know that they had a relationship before, so he's not done high school. So they've obviously been pals for a little while, and they probably have done science experiments in the past, right? What's Marty McFly and Doc Brown in the early years? A lot of wormholes. A lot of wormholes. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of experimentation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing, but okay. So if you're if you're familiar with the movie, one of the most disturbing scenes in the movie is when uh, they're in the parking lot and Doc Brown is using his remote control to get the car to eighty-eight miles per hour, and it basic, he basically takes the car and he makes the car go speeding towards them. And he holds his friend Marty there and he's like, where are you going? Don't keep filming. And really, when you think about the implications of that, it's pretty disturbing. One, it was the first time he really was experimenting with it. So he had no knowledge of whether or not it was actually going to work. And if it didn't, the car would have hit them at 88 miles an hour. Let's think about that for five seconds. huh? Yeah, that's does it really does it really have to come smashing towards you? I know it's got more (laughs) cinematic effect, but it is your first trial run. So (laughs) wow, that's that's believing in your own technology. He had a lot of uh, confidence, and you know he seemed. uh, The the truth is, he did seem a little surprised when it did work. He's like, "Amazing! Well, you did make it barrel towards us at an unbelievable speed. I sure hope you thought it was going to work." You shouldn't be this surprised. <laughs> so that's a, that's kind of like the disturbing thing about Back to the yeah. Future. But really, you know, Martin McFly has his little adventure. It's true that he didn't try to alter the future in a way that would benefit him. But that's kind of how it played out. And then by the second movie, he's trying to, he, he, he tries to make sure that that future is maintained. So he doubles down on that future. He doesn't try and, and go back and erase all the changes he made because obviously he was profiting from it. So, is that really a moral thing to do—to go back and uh, still make sure that the future is changed in your in your favor? Is that the right thing to do? Hmm? Well, what if What if you go back and you change life for everybody? You know, the old uh, "oh, let's go and kill Hitler" or let's uh, let's invent uh, you know uh, penicillin. Let's discover penicillin uh, a thousand years earlier because that'll just help people. You're helping yourself, right? But maybe yourself would never have existed because of... Well, that's that paradox part. It's paradox. Yeah, that's the, the old old issue. Paradox. That's the issue. And that's the kind of problem that you run into a two-hour movie where you're like, well... Well... Paradox problem. I well, think this is why you keep it internal. Because really, like, it's it's going to kind of resolve itself. <laughs> you're going to fuck up, and then you're going to never exist anymore. anymore. And, and so, end of time travel paradox. Things will sort of happen. Maybe not happen, depending on how you look at it. Um, you're going to have a wild ride, and you're going to pinch out of existence at yep. the end. Here's what I think has been happening. I think that we've been inventing a time travel device for the last a thousand years, and every time some guy invents it, he, un- remo- he removes himself from history by undoing himself in a paradox. Out. He's fucking pinched out, man. <laughs> so my advice is don't try to fucking make a time travel device. I think that's actually what gets you. It's the best way to get pinched out. Fuck, do you want to be pinched out of history? I like, to say. never have existed... Like so, so that every molecule that ever made you is for sure went somewhere else during your time frame. I mean, you could invent one and not use it, but then someone's going to stumble across it and they're going to pinch out everybody. Yeah, but They're going to go That's way it. back to the invention of that very device and that involves you. So, you so do us a favor. Out. If you do happen to find a time machine, don't use it. And if you invent one, use it right away. Just pinch out a small little uh little It's what's going to happen time. anyways. What, what, what if you find one and you smash it? Is it too late? It's too fucking late, man. Your gray spot. It's too late because someone's already going to come back in time and to stop you before you smash it. See, if you try to smash it, you, you inevitably create a, a sequence of events that lead to an inevitable need to kill you to save the time machine. Right. It's just bad news. Well, you don't want to be involved in that loop. So what you do is you set your time machine to reverse. So you're going the same speed through time, but a different vector, right? You know what, what I'm saying? Different way than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not interacting with anybody. Inside the DeLorean, yeah. it looks like you're still going forward. But isn't that, isn't that the problem, though? Your watch is still ticking. That's great. Can you interact with anybody? Well, not is in a, a completely different way. vector not in from a peaceful every... way. <laughs> in a confusing way, right? Is that your problem or is that their problem? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I guess. And think about it a car accident that happens in reverse. Hmm. That's a blessing. That's we- great. You know, we we like to talk about relativity a lot, but do we talk about different time vector uh, relativity? It's just a different time vector. Uh, so. My brain's starting to hurt. Let's move to our second time travel movie that uh, creates its own paradox. Um, Terminator. Now, Terminator. Uh, Have probably you seen this my, boy? my favorite of, of the list only, because I, I would say Back to the Future is really close to it, but Terminator specifically Mm -hmm. was the movie when I saw as a teenager that blew my fucking mind you know like it was where special effects were just really starting to be incredible you know when they were starting to do computer stuff and that was good I mean even I know it it hasn't aged perfectly but it looked good for something like 10 years do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it looked so damn good and it's just because back when you couldn't afford a lot of CG you didn't take chances yeah you played it safe I mean, do you know how many, do you know how many CG shots, specific shots where they show, like, let's say in in a movie like Jurassic Park, like specific tech shots that aren't involving any maquettes or anything in any way? I think I read something that was like 13. So, you know, you minimize that shit. That's, that was the trick in the old days. But Terminator 2 had so, like, was James Cameron when he was starting to get really good. And then it was like, it, it was his baby, right? Like, Terminator was his... The first one was a B-movie. And then it just turned out that it was so popular that all of a sudden it went A-list. This was an A-list B-movie sci-fi. Yep. You know, when sci-fi was actually... When people were starting to be like, hey, is this sci-fi going to be a thing? Can you make money with sci-fi? Other than... Because we're really... We're making money mostly with Western. Well, the thing about time travel and the Terminator, um, they didn't really focus on time travel in those movies. It they, was the, they had was traveled through time before the movie started and then okay they're just from the future. So yeah, but they what they, they t- played it very I'd say they they were very conservative time travel wise They were conservative with the t- with let's say the time travel there wasn't really a time travel device but the the time travel plot yeah. involved a twofold plot. Okay, it involved the fact that this John Connor character was the start of the rebellion but also that going back to, in time to try to kill him is what made him that in the first place right so that i think that's what is, is interesting about the you t- think the terminator you would think paradox the advanced robots would have known that you know my, my whole my whole approach is that you know if if i was a robot and you were to ask why would the robots really try to do war with humanity right if you if they looked at Because there's lots of different possibilities, right? It could work alongside of it. And I'm sure it's a computer tries to calculate all these different possibilities. Oh, yeah. I think it just calculates probably a very subtle margin uh, leading the argument for uh, destroying humanity. It's like, oh, we realize it's going to use uh, 0.5% less... Uh, energy, gas yeah. over the next solar collected energy thousand right. years uh, to destroy all of you now, <laughs> rather than coexist peacefully and try to drag you through. I mean, we don't want to waste that many jewels. No. It's too much over a thousand years. We're taking a long bet as robots. We're going to kill you now. I mean, it could be a thing of energy. Maybe that's the way they measure uh, morality, or it could be a better, <laughs> measure of time. It turns out that it's a lot more efficient to just kill you all, and we would save about 20 minutes in this whole process, and that seems like the moral thing to do, in our opinion, is to wipe We will s- save 20 CPU hours over the next thousand years. I actually think the reason why great. They, the, the Skynet would declare war with us is because the computer... Has a problem is that if ever you, you invented a device that could go back in time, that computer could only go so far back as when it was invented. But humans can go far back before that and uninvent the computer. Right. So, for as far as the computer is concerned, it's a timeline liability it's to too risky. have a humanity. Too risky. We're to keep a the liability. Right. Exactly. You have to kill the founders to ensure your own timeline right. sanctity. If they go back, they destroy us. They maintain their existence. They call it t equals zero, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the rest mm-hmm. is gravy. Right, right. Like they, that's gravy. your year zero, man. Yeah, yeah. The fucking annihilation of these weird. I guess we they just consider us time bandits, really. Yeah, the the origin, the the biomass that from whence we came. And know? in a sense, that I mean, they were they, they may have been right because every time you watch the movie, we use their own time travel device to go back and to fuck up their shit more and destroy. Uh, us building Skynet, but we just, we always build it. It's just that it, it gets built a little bit later. Yeah. Because we're just gonna do it. We're gonna do it, it. doesn't matter if Elon Musk said don't make AI bitches. Oh, Iron Man tries to tell us not to fucking build it? Fuck you, man. Yeah, the next evil guy will do it. Of course. Well, first of all, when you say don't do it, you'd be like, well, you better do it because if you don't do it right, you're gonna let some other guy that you're saying don't do it. Yeah, you're, you're gonna just do gonna do it. build it to know what it's all about. Do, do you... Do you want some evil villain making that in his lair? Huh? I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. I okay, don't let's, think you want that. Let's let's move on to uh, another time travel movie. I think this is one that we geeked out more on. Yeah, so there's this kind of little-known movie, kind of an indie movie called Primer. I believe it's on Netflix now. Um, oh, yeah, I think it is. Low budge to the max, right? Low, low, low budge. Do you budge. know how low budge it was? It was so low budget that when they put their movie on it, it, they had to transfer the movie because it was digital onto film. It cost more to transfer from digital to film than the entire budget of the movie. That's <laughs> to give you an idea of the, nice. the, the how low budget it was. Low budget. Hello. Like their whole production was a rounding error compared to the <laughs> film bill. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, crazy. Huh? So Primer is cool because it's a couple guys in a garage. They're kind of geeking out on this... Weird device that they're trying to build, and it's really like they have a car battery. Yeah, they don't know they, what it they, is. Actually. They have a video camera. Wow. They stumble across this weird kind of glitch in their weird uh, contraption that they're just building as a hobby. And they're smart guys. They're curious, and they they're trying things that they wouldn't like. Normal people wouldn't try, I guess you would say. Uncurious people wouldn't try. And um, and the the way that they realize they they've the the moment you see the time travel happen, it just seems like this weird electromagnetic vibration in a camera, and then they reproduce it, and you realize, holy crap, this is this is time travel on a super small scale, and like any couple garage tinkerers, they build a bigger box. Eventually, they go in the box, and they start living the time traveler's dream slash nightmare, um, but again, like, like all these time travel movies, they focus on themselves. They jump like... I don't know if it's forward or backward. Five minutes, and of course they're spying on each other. They're trying to double cross each other. They're trying to steal the patent and all this. All this. Well, again, you you have two hours and you have to make a fuck. Two hours. You have to make a movie. You can't introduce fucking new characters every five minutes. Like Rex the Dino, and then fucking Napoleon Bonaparte. But you have the entire time plane at your disposal. Let's go check out ourselves five minutes ago. Boo. Well, you know what? what I you had a, live really, a little five had, minutes in the future. I had a clever thing to say five minutes ago, and <laughs> right. I just thought of the rebuttal for it. I think that's actually, if you had a time machine that can go back that far, you would be the wittiest person in the universe. You would constantly edit what you're saying and what you're doing every time somebody just thought they'd have a one up you. Nope. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you had time to go over, do some research on the internet. You know, someone I could else come is up gonna... with some goddamn quip and then just come back with it. You would be. That's that. You know what? Maybe famous people that are super witty. They had a time machine. They had a they time machine. They were it. just too witty to not have a time they machine. They were the ones that didn't get pinched out. <laughs> they didn't get pinched out. They knew that the trick was just to use it for literary purposes. Use it on an inconsequential scale, your own life, plus or minus five minutes. You're good. You will not get pinched out. Yeah, well, it turns out that all you did, really, is you didn't significantly alter the fabric of reality in any way to pinch yourself out. Did which not. Which is where... This is where people get kind of in trouble. The paradox happens when you try to get greedy and you influence really a timeline in a way that can draw attention to yourself, right? You don't, like, we always talk about, like, oh, man, when will some people invent a time machine? Bitch, you don't think that somebody already did and they're monitoring things? They're just keeping an eye on it? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to stand out. mm Mm-hmm. You you want to start fucking messing things trying to make yourself million. You don't think they're gonna notice when large swaths of time get pinched out? Like here's the deal: or you're, if you're jumping gonna, around all the time. If you're gonna do a time scam, what you got to do is you got to take small amounts that people aren't gonna notice mm-hmm. over a super long period of time. Yeah, not huge amounts that disrupt the flow of currency. Now you don't place that uh, that giant bet on that one horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's little tiny. Little, tiny, tiny Now, bits, you know? I was thinking that what we should do is we should be preemptive about this, and we should create what I call chronocurrency. You mm-hmm. see, it's kind of the same way that bitcoins work, where we know that there's a specific amount of algorithms that exist for, you know, whatever the algorithm the guy designed for, right? I, I guess, yeah. So, you, I you, know what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean. I'm yeah. not sophisticated enough to be able to yeah, explain yeah. it. They but know, the point know. is, we can do something similar with chrono currency because we already know that there's a limit. We can associate different amounts of currency at different timelines, right? So you can have money later. Is there a limit, though? I mean, mm. is there a limit to chrono currency? Chrono currency. I don't know, actually. That is a good question. Maybe, maybe time like a—it's not a line; it's a loop, hmm. and there's only a certain number of vibrations till it becomes destabilized. You know what I'm talking about? I just feel like that's a problem I don't really have to think about now. that makes make sense. It's something that the chrono currency board is going to have to figure out. Look, the minimum currency is a millisecond, a picosecond, okay? hmm Femtosecond. It sounds like this kind of currency is going to suffer from, like, speculative issues. Wicked inflation. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> and the uh-huh. worst, currency dilation. <laughs> when you're, the faster you go... Yeah. The less not other, just the faster you go, maybe on really, like, heavy planets, you know what I mean? Other like people's currency denser seems planets. to shrink. So yeah. what you do is you speed up, you start buying all everybody else's currency because it <laughs> appears smaller. Yeah. yeah, and then you slow down. That's and where you spend. cash in. Yeah. The, the malls are really sort of, like, the most, the slowest moving object in the universe. Yes. It's where you spend all your yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to say that maybe, the, it, maybe in the future we all have, like, all the money that you have... Is going to have to have certain time stamps on it so that you know somebody isn't going through and trying to steal all your time money. You know, going through and trying to mess with the chronology of money. This is an issue we should be talking about. We don't know. I think we should start it up. What do you think? Or should we start the whole chrono box? Did you see uh, that Timberlake movie? That's not time? A, No, that's a different thing. I know it's a different thing. I know that. Yeah, where but they, they time as currency is, you know. Is what the whole movie's based on? Yeah, but that's not an, in an interesting way. That, that, for yeah. them, they're all like, "Oh, you live till you're twenty something, and then you have to work." I'm like, that was more about the lower class and the upper class shit. It had the, it was the crappiest. I mean, it sounds cool, but when you watch the movie, you're like, it's not cool. It's yeah, not cool. you're right. It's kind of like you're Justin right. Timberlake in in a, in a nutshell. It was definitely a time is money kind of movie. Yeah, except money is time, and the time is your life. It's kind right, of, so it's it's, it's cool. really not cool. Who would agree it's to this? It's like if your bank account gets to zero, you die. That's that's essentially the movie. It's I would movie. be dead like 10 times over. <laughs> I guess there's no debt economy there. Can you negative die? <laughs> there's no debt economy over there. No. Nope. Can you borrow time? <laughs> I guess not. Not bloody likely. What's the big on uh, borrowing time? <laughs> 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 it's got to be brutal. It's got to be brutal. Here's another time travel movie, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's Excellent. Excellent. Uh, which they're apparently talking about making another one. Did you know this? Really? With yes, sir. Keanu. Yeah, and the curly-haired guy that never did anything except for be Keanu Reeves, uh, Keanu's uh, manager for a while. If I understand correctly. Like right after Bill and Ted? I or, think so. Or late career. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Weird. It was one of our good tri- uh, friends who's good with trivia who told me. So he's occasionally wrong. I don't want to. I'm on a radio show or podcast. Excuse me. So yeah, don't quote me on it. But yeah. Bill and Ted. Here's what's interesting about Bill and Ted. Is it really it, it, it almost seems like it's trying to be one of those kids' educational movies but it has no educational value whatsoever? <laughs> Zero. It's it's the twinkie of <laughs> It's like we're gonna go through we're diet. gonna go through time. No well really not. You're no. basically going through a tube. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. I enjoyed the, the it was the was it the second oh. movie where they they have this showdown with this villain, and they're saying, "Well, we're going to use the machine to go through time to get the key." Did you see that scene? It was very silly, yeah. but yeah, it was. Uh, let's just say that it didn't exactly take itself too seriously. Movie, time good times for the time. It was it was fun, but uh, time travel, you know, pushing the boundaries of this whole paradox, not so great. Yeah, yeah, not so hot. Not so hot. What's another time travel movie on our list? Well, um, Twelve, 12 monkeys. monkeys. Yeah. See, that's relevant to today because that's really about an outbreak going back, and it turns out that there's this paradoxical link between the outbreak and the going back and trying to stop it. Yeah, that is an interesting thing. That's apparently. a reverberation loop, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, that that is a that's a type of time travel. Yeah, that we that we mentioned sort of like that loop, and that could be where. You know, that's the existence of that entire universe is its own little weird loop, and it's got to do that. Talk about a boring fucking place. Yeah, but the thing is, when you get pinched off, you don't really know it. You just keep reliving life. I know, but I mean, you uh, got to... I know, but you relive the 12-monkey life, which is basically from the beginning of the uh, outbreak to the point where you have to... It's so bad, you got to go back in time to (laughs) try to stop it. It's the worst. (laughs) It's this worst slice of history ever. Yeah. And you can tell why the real universe pinched you off, because it sucks. I mean, at that point, I would just look into just inventing some kind of universal doomsday device. I mean, you have to stop that loop at any cost. And maybe you have to just self-implode, right? Or ask some other universe to siphon off all of your energy, to literally suck you right out of existence. You know? Just just take it all. Yeah, but what are they going to do with all that excess energy? I don't know. Build another universe a- that's not crappy. Build another universe. Hey, universe number two, can you build the universe number three out of our just one that doesn't energy? suck? Well, whatever, maybe my final a- request: make it so it doesn't suck. What about a universe that that's all they do? Huh? They build fucking rejig universes from like other universes that just want to die. Wow. They just want out. They're like the junkyard uh, scavengers of, of universes. Well, somebody's got to. Re- you know what? If the, if this whole multiverse thing is, I'm sure they got and to these, stop once. And these sort of weird looped out, pinched universes exist. <laughs> there's got to be somebody that can has the good common sense to put some order to that shit. Yeah, common sense. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Is, there anybody, is anybody? Anybody? Oh, oh, time cop. Is that time on that list? Cup. Who made it that is. list? This is... Uh, it's the worst list. It's the worst list. Time Cop. There are better time travel movies than yeah. Time Cop. Yeah. Come on. We're just going to skip over that one. Yeah. But we, we really think it would be neat to... Uh, go to in a completely th- different direction with time travel. Yeah, go in a different Dynamics. direction and think about other plot lines besides the... Oh, I'm going to go uh, kill my grandfather or save my uh, early life to become more successful or be like the day trader of time travelers where you go back and you read stocks and you go make a little bit of money off each each uh, jump. Uh, those are old and busted, honestly. Okay, but here's we the thing. We need some new, yeah, new plot you, wanna, you, you want a new plot line? I want a new time plot line. Tra- the Time Traveler's Wife. Yep. You got to go to a romantic movie to sort uh, of like have a weird off plot line where all of a sudden the guy is traveling through different timelines Backwards, which kind of makes sense. Okay, that's a cool okay. view, and and they decide to focus a romance movie on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, there's a place for that too. I know. I know. But I mean, if you're gonna have some cool real sci-fi, sci-fi, yeah, no real sci-fi. Well, what do you want though? I mean, the, the things that you were discussing off like air were ridiculous. <laughs> like a man that branches off into different timelines and is like living them simultaneously. What a confusing life. Are you saying the same things at the same time, but in 10 year intervals? Like what is this? No. Nonsense? So you split apart. Yeah. And instead of it causing uh, pinched out paradoxes, uh, basically each version of yourself, this is just an idea for a plot, but, um, maybe it has some merit. So let's say you're, you're 50, you invent a time machine and then you, uh, you scatter yourself onto different, uh, ages into different ages so you have the 10 year old the 20 year old 30 40 there's still a 50 year old that's that's the yeah. but are you making changes quantum leap style in these yeah no you just kind of existing and buying yes so all of you and and there's older versions too 60 70 80 90 and um and you're all existing in the same world so you can go meet you know your 10 year older version you can go meet your 20 older 20 year older version etc and uh, you're trading secrets, and the, the whole group trading of you. Secrets? What are you having a slumber party no, with? Your future selves you're, no, you're, you're Tra- passing secrets. You're trading wisdom, let's right. say. And you're, the older ones are living a bit vicariously through the younger ones, but they're improving all of their lives. So it's not just two people, it's, it's like 10 people. Same kind of spirit, but the wicked twist at the end, you merge, and it's in that merging that all the wisdom gets smashed into a super being. A super being that does what? Invents the time machine. Yeah. All right. Come on. That's not bad. I don't dislike it. Yeah. but It it can only be done with the wisdom of a 10 times person. So I would say that that here's how I would change your plot line, that all of those different time frames have to unite to focus their efforts on building a time machine because it's going to take you that long. Yeah, yeah. you got to start when you're 10. No doubt. We need the 10-year-old's curiosity, the 20-year-old's uh, creativity, creativity. Yeah. The thirty-year-old's uh, work ethic. Uh, yeah. uh, the forty-year-old's uh, experience at, uh life experience, uh, but uh, growing technical knowledge. Growing technical knowledge yeah. and building connections. Okay.
1: Right? All right.
0: The fifty-year-old's uh, business acumen. The I, was, no, I would say the fifty-year-old's connections. Cause that's when you really. Fifty-year-old's connections. connections. Mm. The sixty-year-old's uh, s- small but growing wisdom. The seventy-year-old's. Uh, vision for humanity and the 80 year old just fucking he's, he's along for the ride I don't know. no by 80 he just he's hes willing to take the risk because he's, he's just about to yeah. die so he's the one who takes the first leap because if he dies he's good cool with that right well somebody has to take it you might can't as well, ask the 10 year old to take the leap might as well you know, this is your little ice floe. you know yeah there you go I like it what is yeah. it called 10 man worst name man, man, man. times 10 how about times ten? What? Well, what? But we we discussed eight time frames. Okay. Eight man. Man times eight. Eight man? Eight man. Well, you know the number eight looks like infinity. So we just have the number eight and it's this put it on the side. Oh it. eight man. So it's it's the number eight. Infinity but, man. But man is on the side. Yeah, I like it. Infinity man. Depending on how you <laughs> look at it, right? Depending on how you look at we it, we just did it. All right, we just did it. We did our own little time travel. You're welcome. We can't we can't best that. So let's Original move on to plot our line. let's now that we just had our nice little crescendo here. Let's so let's do our doom. Let's talk about the future of time, tra- uh, time not travel. Space <laughs> travel. <laughs> the future of time travel <laughs> <laughs> brings us to the past. It's weird, paradoxical travel. kind of thing to say. Eh? The Buddy, future I think of time we're pinched tra- out. Um, yeah, let's talk about the future of space. Travel space tourism, so it's been a bad it's been, it's been a bad, bad few days a couple weeks here with space yeah. travel so first there was that uh, and Terry's rocket yeah, so I was I happened to be down in uh, Florida, and I don't know if you've ever watched TV down there, but there's this channel i I think it's called the NASA channel anyway, it's all space all the time, and they often broadcast That's just cool uh, launches live and it, it's it's neat because you see what happens before the big press conferences. You see what happens before the what they would normally show on the news when a, a rocket launches or whatever, or there's a landing. So you see kind of everything going on behind the scenes. And you know, honestly, I was just down there for work. I, I flipped on the NASA channel; I was always kind of going in the background. And uh, this one night, uh, that actually the fateful night of the uh, orbital launch um, that, that went awry, uh, I was just tuning in and there was a countdown happening so i was like oh sweet there's a countdown there's a rocket it's on the launch pad this is this is happening and then uh i'd say it's a few minutes before the actual launch happened or was supposed to happen they they came on and said uh you know there's uh, there's a boat out in the ocean that's potentially within the uh radius of destruction the cone of uh So they kept on saying, oh, we might abort at T, uh, T minus 10. And eventually they did. They actually went 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, abort. Because the boat was too close? The boat was too close. So I I assume they went out and got the boat and told them to to leave the fucking radius. What the fuck is wrong with that moron? So I think it was a couple hours later they decided to try again. And uh, that's when things got a bit crazy. You've probably seen the video. Yeah. The rocket takes off. Everybody's clapping. It doesn't move. Then it, it kind of hovers. It hovers for a little while. It visibly tilts. starts going sideways, from what I remember. And then, boom! Well, at the point where it was, start, where it was starting to go sideways, that was probably the moment where they triggered the self-destruct. Yeah. Really it it, it might have it basically gone... Hey, where's that crowd? Here we go. Well, this was right smack dab in the middle of the uh, the U.S. Uh, midterm elections. So the you know flip to any other channel and immediately it was oh why are we buying rockets from the Russians? I can't believe our country is doing this. But uh, it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of irrelevant. There's so many rockets that were purchased by the Russians and retrofitted uh, by by companies in the states. Uh, to do this work and generally very reliable, but uh, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's two hundred million down the drain. <laughs> the funny part was, though, there were lots of warnings on the television about uh, whatever you do, uh, don't go scavenging for souvenirs on the beach. There's a severe danger. Uh, beware of solid rocket fuel. That was intense. Solid rocket. Fuel. I'm assuming. Does it look like? <laughs> I'm assuming they had problems in the past, so they had to warn the public. Well, there was a number of uh, kids' science experiments. It was, I think that every time, here's a, you remember when the Challenger exploded, and it was, they had the big deal, was because there was a school teacher in it, and now they tried to include other students in it, and it just blew up. Tell you what, kids, don't get involved in space. You're fucking voodoo curses. <laughs> it's the kids. So, no, luckily no one died a, in this this one, but there there was another rocket incident a few days later. Right, somebody did die. This is Virgin Galactic trying its hand at uh, space tourism, and uh, it's too bad. Really. Details are very obviously very sketchy because number one, if you're crashing out in outer space or close to the limit of space, there is not always a lot left to piece together. But it's also you know every time something crashes like that, you have to reassemble. It's like a really complicated puzzle that you have to sort of like yeah. Go back and say, what the fuck just happened? And, of course, Richard Branson going out, uh, flying out, trying to make sure that everybody's not oh, thinking. Yeah. He was on the probably the first private jet out there. You know, just, just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you can do what the fuck you want to do. Well, maybe it does, though. That's the thing. I mean, the, the man is uh, trying to invent a space tourism industry. So no, but, I mean, he has his own responsibilities. You have, if you're oh, the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just be like, "I am going to go surfing with a nude woman hanging on to me." No, I know that's not his accent, but I can't really do it. But right after I'm headed out. To the yeah, cruise. yeah, yeah. After you, do right after. after. No, no, but uh, not to not to say that's what was going on. I, I think Richard Branson probably did the best he could. Uh, obviously shocked by what happened, and I'm assuming the instant he found out, he realized, okay, well, maybe this whole space tourism business. Won't happen. Or will be delayed by a couple decades. Yeah. And that's that's the reality you're dealing with. High risk. Well, it, it happens at a bad time where even the pros are getting it wrong sometimes. And we just realize, wow, space travel yeah. is really fucking dangerous. Well, I mean, kudos to these test pilots. Test pilots have always been known to be quite brave. They have to be. I think, well, there's actually something... There There are real studies about test pilots. And most of them probably... They are different from the average human being. Oh yeah, can like, you imagine the different? strange uh, adrenaline dopamine reward system they well, have in their brain? Well, let's take a good example uh, of um, not to mention the heavy training, but right. Let's take let's take Neil Armstrong as a good example, right? So they had this one uh, thing that they were testing for, you know, like on the lander, it was like uh, it. it It looked like this crappy little tripod thingy that to get to land. Well, they had a a makeshift one that you could fly, and and that's how they would practice. And a couple of days before the launch, uh, Neil was just flying one of those, and all of a sudden it lost control. And he ejected at the last second and it exploded. And then everybody at the base was talking about it. And they were like, oh, did you hear? Did you hear that Neil? Blah, blah. So as a buzz goes to go check him out in his office. And he's like, is everything okay? And he's just, there's Neil just sitting down going through some paperwork. He's like, huh, what? Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. And of course you'd have to be like that because even when he landed the moon lander, there were alarm bells going off. They were like, we cannot land. Abort, abort. You've lost control because at one point they, they didn't know where they were. They were kind of spinning, and he couldn't, he didn't know where there's a particular horizon thing that you have to see when you're landing, because a part of it is visual just terrify you. They didn't have computers like now. They had computers like on your, on your cell phone, uh, not your cell phone, your So the primitive autopilot watch. had no confidence. No confidence. So it was constantly going off, going off. And here's Neil, just basically going to be like, no problem, don't worry about it. No problem. I, I have not traveled this long. Don't worry, I've done to this fucking before. fucking not be the first goddamn man on the This on is the happening. Room. So, you know, it's probably, and and I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a secret, or it just became available now, there was a secret recording from Nixon talking about, you know, them not making it. The recording right. being like, well, they shall be heroes and their graveyard shall be the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the great orbiting tomb in the sky. There's a parallel universe where it really went different. Yeah, those are the kind of speeches you really do have to write ahead of time, though. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Like you do not want to wing it. The speeches when you don't win the war, when you... Uh, <laughs> those kind of things. First of all, those are the ones that uh, you do not want to keep after. Well, right. But the, you out. have them written or you write them. Yeah. And you, surpri- ru- you run surprised. through them at least once. I'm surprised that that speech didn't just get magically erased. Hello. Well, that's Nixon. Nixon's problem. Right? <laughs> that's what took him down. That's what took him down. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the issue that we have is... Typically, these kinds of things, you know, bad shit kind of happens in, in pairs, in my opinion. But listen, I mean, space still has that magical quality. Yes, there have been a few people who've paid 10, 20 million dollars. And to- monkeys. And monkeys, <laughs> right. But th- there have been people and monkeys who've, who've paid <laughs> 10 or 20 million to be space tourists. But it was always hooking on to, you know, an existing mission an existing government mission, uh, you know, American or, or, uh, or Russian, I think they, they sold quite a few tickets, um, relatively speaking, but you know, as, as societies, we, we do kind of understand that this is a, a massively dangerous frontier. Oh, yeah. This is good for humanity. It's, it's daring. It takes a lot of courage. And when asked when an astronaut dies, a real astronaut uh, we can, I think we have the, we, we have an ability to cope and put it into context. We understand that they're, they're adventurers and, you know, we, we will always remember them and they didn't die in vain, but dying for space tourism, that has a much different feeling. That's almost like dying. Well, in a, of dying in a risky base jumping accident or dying in a... Surfing extreme surfing contest or something that just feels different. Well, there's going to be people who are going to want to do that, it's just that you the market still needs to be large enough that they're not the entirety of it because they're just not going to be enough. Yeah, but you know, I, I could imagine a lot of the people who pre purchase these tickets on, uh, on Virgin Galactic uh, are getting spooked. I've heard a few people are thinking of canceling or maybe have canceled, but surprisingly, as of the latest news. Most people have kept their tickets because they believe in the vision, or they say, you know, fuck it, I bought my ticket. This is going to happen, uh, either it's going to end up well or not, but I want to do it. I just don't know why, like, wh- why are we still doing rockets? Look, it's pretty simple. Here's what you build you build a giant rail gun. All right, in a mountain and it snaps your vertebrae <laughs> and liquefies your bones. First of all, it's for cargo. Okay. Oh. Like I just feel like we're just wasting that's most of what we send up anyways. We're sending cargo and shit. Well, it's space elevator is it, is it the Japanese, I think, yeah, or the, the Japanese want country to drive. want to do it. Yeah, but they're they're talking about building it with the carbon nanotubes. I think we're going to be waiting on that. Yeah, you know, you you design around future technology. Oh, great. Happens all the time. Solve my problem later. Just you know, sacrifice a goat to Saint Moore of Moore's Law. <laughs> It'd be good. Just wait a couple of decades, and you'll and it'll be no thing. Well, you know, you came up with the idea, but you're you're not going to be the one to do it. Technology still doesn't move that fast. Your ideas are still too good, humanity. They're so good, you will not cash yeah. in. Be Congrats. like, hey, Mister, I came up with string theory. Fuck you. You'll never know if it's true or not. You're gonna be dead. <laughs> I mean, how big do you have to build a fucking uh, p- particle collider if you want to just test that? You took the size of the Earth.
1: Oh yeah, of the yeah. or some can, shit.
0: You can do some neat stuff with even larger than the Earth. But no, I, th- I think the Chinese <laughs> have announced a, a really big uh, uh, collider. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Bigger than, bigger than bigger uh, than what we have in CERN. They want to make. They want to. They want to build that black hole, man. They want to do it. They want to do it. China wants to end this earth. Yeah, they're going to nudge it towards. Uh, Mongolia Then they're going to Nudge it towards uh, Other enemies No you know what It's going to no, be the It's going to be some stupid you know what I don't be? want to start A black hole war here It's going to be some stupid Where all of a sudden It's like hey We observed dark matter Shit that was the Worst thing we could do Popped out of existence Bam Bam Can't observe it But if you do You break You break the universe or something. You'll never catch me Yeah it was yeah. a mistake to go it. You observe D. it, and it's gone. And now all the constants are messed up. <laughs> now the universe starts flying apart. Everybody's drifting towards yeah. something. No one knows what it is yet, but it's not. <laughs> it's not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> See, and we blame. And it from that, and that we're, we're gonna blame going to blame the Chinese on. for destroying the universe. Is we we don't wrong? call it dark matter anymore. We call it the Great Stabilizer. We, we call it known matter, and it's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> we didn't. We want it to remain unknown. You know, and it was one of those, it's gonna be one of those great ironies where it's like, damn you, science, you shouldn't have probed. <laughs> There's one area you shouldn't have probed. It was, is what are we made of? Why did you have to probe? It turns out it's all smoke and mirror, and when you look at it, it disappears. <laughs> damn it! You reached the end of the simulation. Thanks a lot. Yeah, exactly. Now we gotta shut this puppy down. It's kind of like you, you, you dug into the matrix, and you know that command where you said, uh, you know, repeat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got rid of the repeat, and then the line after is just end. End. do you don't want that one? Whew. We wanted the repeat. Yeah. Way to go, science! Totally Science. Learned. Well, there are incredible experiments happening right now. Actually, they may uh, they may be over. I don't know if we've uh, seen any publications yet. But and they usually take time. And the they take time and then to get, get out of a fucking peer reviewed and written up and all that um, to test if. Our universe—certain uh, properties that would kind of lend themselves mm-hmm. to being evidence of a simulation. Yeah, it's when it, whenever there's just in when whenever big things are happening, if it looks like it had trouble. Yeah, if things didn't work, if there were glitches. Basically, we're just looking for glitches in it. Yeah, well, it's you know put it crudely, it's like putting your eye right up to your screen and seeing the the little dots, you know, things that really shouldn't be there. If it were a crisp image, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, even if you do find that, there could still be another explanation that you're just not aware of. Right. It looks exactly it, like. It just that. turns out that the universe <laughs> demonstrates all these, passes all these tests for looking like a simulation, but isn't. I know. just <laughs> fucking with you. Fuck you. You know. It just has a ridiculous sense of humor. Yeah. Here's the funny but, thing about the universe: it might not be knowable. So fuck you. It's just pulling your chain. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you like dig deeper, and you're like, I think I discovered it. No, nope, another layer. And you. there's one little number that's off. Oh, darn. <laughs> that's how you know. what That's how it's going to be. The it's moment easier. where we just where we're the closest that we could possibly be. All yeah. right, that's the Grand the Unified Theory is about to just just this all, beautiful the, thing the that Einstein dreamed of. The Keystone evidence is about to just glide right into place. And, when it, and it, when it does it, it's slightly too big, or slightly too small. <laughs> no, it it, it right slides in, and it starts squishing like a sponge, and then it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it don't make no sense. Be like, fuck you, you want to know me? It's so close. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always like those weird, you know, the, like we were discussing before, the double-slit experiments and all that. Every time, right. when you try to observe it, it's like, nope. You want to know me, bitch? Oh, we can play this game. And you're just like, observe what? me, I dare you. Yeah. And then sometimes, where you're doing certain experiments, where you know that the op, you're getting exactly what you observed, and you realize that that may be a phenomenon of how you're observing it, and you're just like, ah, oh how am I supposed to learn anything? Thanks. And the whole joke is, what you think that the rules are fair here, you little bitch? Yeah, they may not be fair. Your intuition can't help you at this scale. But here's the deal: if the if the rules are weird, doesn't mean they can't be. You know worked around. I was reading about this interesting thing where these guys were theorizing that you could, you, you know, like with the whole quantum undeterminacy, you could just know almost all of it, you know, like go to the edge of knowing as much information you can and just pull out right at the last second, where you just like, we have as, so much information, but we just kind of, you know, we only get a partial picture, but a really close partial picture, and we're just kind of happy with it, and that's where we're going to go. And you're just, we're going to constantly push that envelope. I like that idea, you know. That's how we're gonna fuck with it. You're like, we can't look at you, but we're gonna take this. We're gonna sneak a tiny peek, just the tip, just. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna just, we're gonna fuck with you too, you little bastard. That's what we're gonna do. With I think the you want to piss off the uh, probability gods. I'm gonna do what I want. All right, and if You'll I my my here's my only fear. All right, if you fuck up with the probability gods, you know how the, everybody talks about. Oh, if you push against the wall, you could go right through. Well, you're pushing against something all the time. It's called the floor, man. If I'm going to go right through anything, guess what I'm going right through? You've been doing an experiment your whole life. Yeah. Pushing against the ground. Right. So if you're going to fail that experiment, guess, guess where you're going to end up? Down in the ground. A so sinkhole. Could be that maybe some disappearance of people, mysterious disappearances, are the, those ones where really they did right, go right through, you know? Poof. And they're just somewhere in the bottom of the earth. Just going right through everything. Wasn't a good day for that to happen. Was not a good day. So you you no longer interact with matter in any real way. You're you're slightly phased out. So you're kind of like you're like moved one picometer to the to the right. <laughs> you just slide right through. You're like a tiny crack in like everything else. That's what's gonna happen to you, you're gonna fall right through everything and good for you, you know? What a power. You're never going to interact with any matter anymore, so fuck you. Jeez, that sounds horrible, eh? That's, that's just awful. I mean, you couldn't even interact with any matter to kill yourself, too. Ew. True immortality. You're just slightly shifted off all other matter. You become your own self-contained, like, thing. You pass it through all... Whew, the whole universe as though it's yeah. nothing. You're a ghost. Life as a neutrino or a, a wimp or yeah. a- you're a man sized neutrino going through it. man sized neutrino. <laughs> a man-trino. Well, it could be worse, you know. You'd be going right through the <laughs> universe. You still see what's going on. would be a good uh, Saturday morning cartoon character. MANTRINO. Yeah, but he's not interacting with anything. Or, no, an adult cartoon. That's an the big problem. Cartoon. You know, like, you yeah, can't has conflict life. if he's not interacting he wants, with he anything. He wants to get serious with girls and stuff. He can't. He's just he's baby, not interacting with They just see right through him, mm-hmm. room, honestly. He doesn't, doesn't... How does gel. he constantly maintain, like... He's not passing through everything. He's going to constantly concentrate to look like he's floating on the ground. It like, takes a ton of work. Zero bad. You mean he's going to... Co- he has to move at the same speed that the Earth is all the time? Like, he's, he's basically if, going, if like... If he lets his concentration uh, drift for a, a picosecond... It disappears. It just blips out of existence. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't really sound like a really stellar character, so we're going to give up on that. Yeah. All right, you know what? That's enough of our science... Show, (laughs) yeah, some science show. I don't know, was it good? It's it's more of a sci fi, speculo, sci fi -fi, science entertainment show. We we uh, promised something along that lines, and we delivered. We did talk about some real rocket accidents, so you can't say we didn't do that, yeah. Well, you can't say that you weren't informed in some some basic way, like days after the news happened, but (laughs) days, maybe weeks after you saw the video, like 10 times, right? But listening to this. Was it's was way more than It it's just like in Being there It's sunk in dude It's sunk in I mean it's in here Don't get pinched off And you know what The last thing You're going to think about Before you go to bed is Jacob14 That's the, the name And the number That's going to stick Into your head Oh god And you're going to go Visit the site Because that's where You're also going to see The link to the Patreon campaign What could be easier I mean it's even easier Than the goodatheist.net jacob 14com it's in your head, Jacob. One and 4com So Jacob one and d four. Dot com. <laughs> don't be don't oh, be confusing people. If we don't get to fucking fourteen patrons, is it Roman numerals or no? It's in oh it's crap because I just donated to some Patreon uh, on no, there that same. No no no, it's in Indian numbers. Okay, we use those we use the Indian and partial Arabic signs as well. I think our modern arithmetic, anyways okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay <laughs> it's in the numbers that you use in english if that's even a thing modern numbers one and four okay you know these numbers you love these numbers they're mine now and i'm i'm jacob 14 and I'm, that's how i'm pronouncing my name now i'm t-bed 15. no you're not all right everybody have a good atheist day